all of these different people and that they are all so strong. They just like push through every day. And so that's kind of how the name I Love the Wrong Vibe came to be about because it's like I love I love the way that you're handling inside your body. I was thinking back to um how we originally met and I can't remember if we actually met here if you're just in you're in the background the first Lynchstock was where I what was the name of the band that you were that you played for Lynchstock I could not remember for the life Glass of me Oaks. Glass Oaks I remember you guys playing and like just being blown away and then there's pictures from that Lynchstock of and one of them I'm singing and you're like right here in the background watching I don't remember if we met at that Lynchstock, but that's where I was like first introduced, I guess. Um, yeah. And then I can't remember where we touched base, but like all I remember is somehow we kept in contact or whatever. But I remember at some point, it was after I wrote the song Sick and Tired, and um, I think you were going to help me like arrange it or put me in touch with someone to help me record it. It was something like that. And I remember coming over yeah. to your house in East Nashville. You lived like right around the corner from my old house Yep. and um, sitting down in the little like kitchen and in singing the you the song. And I like have looked up to you as like a songwriter and musician. So I remember thinking like, oh, this is so cool. And then telling you what the song is about. And then, um, and you helped me arrange like some different things. And I remember you helping me like, well, you should say this instead of this. And anyways, I remember you saying either you said my family has Lyme disease or I have Lyme disease or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know anyone with Lyme at the time. And so I just remember thinking, this is so weird. Like I asked him for his advice for music reasons and like had no idea you even had Lyme. So um yeah. And then I don't remember if I Love the Way You Lime even existed then, but since then you've kind of just been like someone. You played at the first I Love the Way You Lime show with me. Uh, you played guitar, right? And we sang Great, Sick right? and Tired together. Yeah. That was 2017. Yeah. That was the year I moved here. Um, so crazy. Um, really? Okay, so tell me um, a little bit about yourself. Tell me about the Lime. Let's start with the Lime stuff. Um, first, so how long, I don't know if you like still think you have Lyme or I, I'm not really remembering things. So just explain, I guess, like your Lyme background for, for, to start off. Yeah. So, um, real quick to recap, we wrote with Vacation Manor. We finished that song. We were trying to finish that song with Vacation Manor and it was, uh, oh, yeah. Little shed that uh, off of John and Taylor's place. I think that was Devin, cool. Devin lived there with them too at the time. Yeah, right off of like Porter Village, and uh, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, the um, the history of my Lyme disease. Uh, I luckily the I looked into it since 2017 and started looking into in 2018 when you did the other event or was that 2019 i can't remember but the point being 20, is yeah 2018 was the first and then 2019 that's right that's right it was the year after i moved here um and 
Yeah, so I started looking into it, asking my mom for like records or whatever, because I got Lyme disease when I was like four, and um, mm. we went to a middle, we went to an elementary school called Deer Park, so we were by trails that were overpopulated with deer that had become semi-domesticated in this suburban area, and we were just petting them and hanging out with them and. Mm. Whenever we went on family walks, oh my God. that's when it happened. So, and we had we were totally in the dark and had never heard about Lyme disease. I got bit, started throwing up profusely. Went to the hospital, got antibiotics. Was there for like two months uh, with the intravenous, wow, and, or an IV. And what I found out is I actually went into remission, but there were residual effects. We're talking about uh, everything from okay anxiety to depression to i think it definitely compounded issues with my adhd if it didn't my adhd didn't stem from yeah. it um but these are the things mm-hmm. that make Lyme disease so complex and such a such a yeah difficult issue to tack- tackle because it's herpetic it shows up differently in everyone how are they supposed to treat something that shows up differently in everyone yeah. in one way and, you know, that's why antibiotics get used. And I'm not saying it's the worst thing, but um, some people's immune systems don't recover from those shocks. And luckily, mine did. I went into remission. Yeah. I think it's mostly like some neurological um, issues. Yeah. Uh, and on the other hand, my sisters and mother uh, did not fare so well. My mom was bedridden for about fourteen years, Mm. with a lot of uh, with a lot of disorders, connective tissue disorders, stomach issues, and um, leaky gut syndrome. And my sister, Kyrus, wow, um, she wound up for the past almost eighteen years now. Well, I'd say Pat, she was chronically ill with an autoimmune disorder for about 14 years after she got it about three years after i got it maybe two years after i got it she didn't seem to go into remission as much and had fibromyalgia um was the main thing yeah chronic pain chronic fatigue um wow genevieve experienced a lot of similar things as well um and I think all of us had some um, some level of neurological damage. Um, yeah. Definitely. I mean, you know, I don't know if you've studied it, but how the hypothalamus gets affected in a lot of in a lot of people. Uh, temperature gauging, like your body being able to regulate. Yeah, rate I have heard that. Temperature and memories um, get affected heavily out of the hypothalamus. Yeah. Uh, and like whoever's watching, if I'm totally off mark here, just like come with facts. This is all about discussing the issues. No, right? not from any. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing. That's why. So first of all, well, everything that you've said so far between your story and then your families, like I've heard from many different people. I also have experienced mostly everything that you said. Um, And that's the thing is like, that's kind of why we, the artists that um, we have for I Love the Way You Lime, the ones we've done, and then the ones that are upcoming, like they're on all different scales. So I have people who like, 
more stories like you where they were maybe bit when they were younger at some point and it's like not super apparent oh this is like you know um it has like lingering things like you said like the neurological like depression anxiety ADHD because I remember talking to you back then and you think and you saying like yeah I had it back then but I don't know if it still affects me but I still have these things and since then like those are the ADHD, depression, anxiety, like those are so common with people who have Lyme. I'm sure there's going to be people who would see a clip from this on our social media or end up listening to the episode and are like, oh no, they have depression, ADHD, that's not from Lyme. But what I always say is if you have all these people who were first bit by a tick, had Lyme, and then the other things that come, I don't know, it's just so controversial. But to me, I just don't think it's coincidence that these people who like have Lyme or have record that they have Lyme and then they later struggle with the um, long-term like neurological stuff that it's a coincidence. But yeah, you're always going to have people say um, whatever they want, but no matter what, two things are true. The Lyme was positive at some point and then you have like the neurological stuff. And like you said, I think that's why it's like so hard to one like I guess diagnosed but even then um makes it difficult to for them to like know how to treat so I th- I do think it's changing though because I think that um it's becoming I, I said before like I don't know if it's more prevalent or if it's just like testing is more people are hearing about it more so they know to ask but I remember when I first was diagnosed not knowing anyone and my doctor in LA telling me in five to 10 years, everyone's going to know someone with Lyme because it's an epidemic. And then now, so that was 2017 and now we're how many years later? And he was saying it's like more 17? common you'll hear even like celebrities say that they had it. Yeah. Avril yeah. And everything. Um, she was. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Bieber. I mean- People don't take it seriously because they're like, oh, that's a celebrity. Shania Twain. Yo, Shania Twain. And the -hmm. the irony is that your specialist was saying in 2017, you'll know 10 people or whatever, 10 more people with Lyme disease. I got Lyme disease in 95. Yeah. Like, and it was, people were running around saying it was an epidemic then. Like at least special specialized yeah. groups of people really trying to do the studies. So mm-hmm. I, who knows? I, I know yeah. that in high school a lot of people were sharing that they had Lyme disease, and I was like, "Oh man, I had that when I was a kid." Like overpopulation of white-tailed deer yeah. in Northern Virginia, Maryland, DC area, DMV, all around the East Coast is really a major issue, mm-hmm. um, and. I don't even want to get into origin stories. People think I'm some kind of conspiracy. I know, theory. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, there's books. There's books. I know. I actually don't even. I have them sitting in my cabinet over there, but I haven't had the guts to open up some of them because it's just gonna make me more angry. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll like sit down, but I already have so much like. Yeah. Whatever. It's keep not it, even worth discussing, but yeah, so that's so crazy. So for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, okay. So with the like um, depression and anxiety, and then you said like the ADHD. So did you have stuff that like helps you manage it or do you find that it's still like a thing? 
Um, I mean, would you say? I don't take anything for depression. Last time I, you know, had a psychological evaluation and I was in therapy, I was diagnosed with like um, mild depression. So it's not crippling. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. It's not manic. It's not moderate even. And my anxiety has yeah. definitely. I guess there's like different forms of anxiety. Running a business now, I'm like, that is major anxiety, but it's not the same. It's not so existential mm. or like, like you're saying, like, mm-hmm. it's not so fueled by anger. Like, I can't believe all this, all these terrible things have happened to my family and it's totally out of my control. It's yeah. like, I've learned to manage that because yeah. I'm like, I didn't do any, it's not my fault. And it's also like, you know, well, my responsibility is to take care of myself so that I can help others. But it's definitely, I don't know, yeah. it's definitely managed better. Maybe I'm distracted from doing work, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's managed better than it used to be. I, I, I'm a, really for ADHD, it's just about, getting um disciplined in a positive way not like beating myself up but just like mm-hmm. becoming more disciplined becoming more organized yeah, yeah. just taking little uh what's that book um taking baby steps uh the book is called uh atomic habits atomic habits yeah yeah it's been a good um been a good resource so uh yeah i mean yeah um I got lucky. That's the truth. Uh, the mm-hmm. the harsh reality is that my mother still still deals with leaky gut syndrome, connective tissue disorder, um, mm-hmm. uh, extreme bloating from from even if she has her diet managed, it's all from this you know autoimmune disorder stemming wow. from Lyme disease and or these systemic yeah that stem from it and uh and you know kairos still dealing with uh, uh migraines my dad gets migraines he got limes my whole family got it. um mm-hmm. and it's so crazy you all had it it's so yeah. nuts yeah and even my brother-in-law got it and he had wasting disorder had to leave his job move back home to virginia where they are now and like Wow. It's just, it's, it's heavy. And we got to, you know, the, what I'm trying to get at is, yeah, like, it is. There are, there are few solutions, little research and development, and very little, uh, yeah, government, uh, grants or, or money allocated towards these missions. And here I am in Nashville, and our yeah. tax dollars are going towards building another Titan Stadium. Like, I know that. Lyme might not oh be gosh. massively prevalent in Nashville per se or Tennessee, but the fact that like I know they're separate industries, you know, healthcare and you know, sports yeah. entertainment and all that, but like there's something there's something to there's there's something that's gotta shift. Like 
preventative care. It's going to though. I just, I, I just know. Yeah. It's going to, it, it has to like, um, I don't know. We'll t- we can talk more about li- this like after the episode because yeah. like yeah, yeah. there's so many things that I'm like I don't know. I I just I just know it's it it's gonna have to change. And I probably I don't know. I probably sound crazy saying that, but I really just don't think I am. Um, and I don't yeah. think it's gonna be like one day everything's better and they're just gonna like not build a Titan Stadium and stuff like that. But it yeah, there right. it's just there's gonna have to be some sort of change even them not taking it through insurance like right. there's just this there's no way that this stuff can keep going on these people can't even get the i shouldn't say these people like just people like they can't get help you know because nothing's uncovered by insurance but yeah. um yeah no i i i do think things are gonna change um sl- slowly but surely because i um i just think they are but um you're part of it's the just chain. so crazy that your whole family has it and it, it 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 yeah yeah no um i think that um it it is heavy and it can be heavy and i do think like there are moments to like touch on that because it's almost like i i, I was just saying this the other day it's almost like there's two worlds so there's like the world of anyone that like has lime or knows someone that has lime understands everything just like from experiencing it like you just like you get so much and then there's the other world where like no one knows anything about it and like how do you communicate you can't even possibly communicate everything that you would want to to someone who doesn't know a thing about it you have to like you know what i mean it's like trying to like speak another language almost because it's just so in depth but um i think like that's one of the things that um, I'm hoping we're able to do with I Love the Way Lime is like I'm not we're not going to be there, there's a, a lot of awesome um, different like Lime groups who will like post facts and resources and stuff like that um, and I think that that's amazing but to me I just want to focus on like people telling their stories and right. even like the amount that you told like that's like enough because then maybe someone listening like they'll either feel heard or understood or maybe they'll like go uh you know think to go get tested or whatever and this. then we could talk about how bad the testing is but that i don't even want to talk about that either oh my god um, oh my so yeah yeah the treatments are lacking the research and development of of better treatments um is lacking and mm-hmm. not just in this, but, uh, you know, I'm talking about not just in Lyme disease, but my fiance, Brooke, she's got uh, autoimmune di- um, disorders as well. And um, she, mm. diseases, I'm sorry, autoimmune diseases as well. And she, uh, yeah, there's, there's even less research in, in the, in the, health issues that she has and it, mm. i don't know healthcare is broken in america so maybe we do a whole nother podcast on that but <laughs> yeah yeah i really yeah for real can't, um, man can't express how frustrating it is but that's why we're here talking about it trying to figure it out yeah definitely um so tell me, let's talk about, I don't know, what are you talking about first, music or spoke tech? I want to talk about 
both for you? It's tough. Music's on hiatus, but it's definitely, it's the root of mm -hmm. where Spoked It came from. Um, so maybe we just meet where that all converged. Uh, PLSR yeah. was this project that I was working on with um, my friends Andrew and Brandon. And we had, uh, we had been working on it all of 2019. Uh, or a lot of 2019 with uh, Melanie Gohan, animator out of Paris, France. And she sent us along some of the final cuts of it and um, early 2020. And as I'm looking over and I'm thinking, man, we got to build promo for this. We got to, you know, I need the characters um, wireframed or puppeted. So I can just reposition them for social content. I'm a graphic designer. Yeah. And um, and she was like, yeah, I do frame by frame. Uh, you can you can buy them off me for a certain price, and it was it was well worth the price of the of the music video because it looks really good. Check it out when you can. Um, heat. But uh, yeah. Anyways, so I'm learning how to puppet characters myself in Adobe character and then like map their faces out with nodes and control the facial uh, movements, facial expressions with face tracking. And I'm doing all this, you know, getting ready to do like stories for the pleaser account and then, you know, social media posts. I'm figuring it out. And I'm also, you know, it's COVID all of a sudden hits. It's the end of the world. I've got time to figure that out. I'm writing poetry, even though I'm not a poet. And um, I write this poem called <laughs> de la Pared, and it does not translate properly to Spanish um, or to, you know, from Spanish to English, English to Spanish. And that's the point. It means fade from the wall, or it's supposed to mean fade okay. from the wall. It doesn't quite translate that way. And um, it's all about loss of linguistic cultural identity. I had seen my grandmother my grandma helen on my mom's side visited home when COVID hit just like thinking you know i gotta see my family before it all goes down uh was watching the news cycle yeah. very closely and getting talk about anxious um but anyways i visited her and yeah. just there's a very significant moment where i saw this native um uh this indigenous art because she would help uh do outreach on reservations here in America and she's um and she also had a lot of New Mexican art and folk art around her living room because she was uh, born and raised in New Mexico her first oh, language wow. was Spanish and so anyways I'm working on the characters I'm working on this poem and the poem's all about like how those pieces of art have like faded they're all like sun bleached the the framed pictures on oh. the walls pottery and she had been there since I was a kid, so it's like, it's bound to happen. But there was something about how she doesn't really speak Spanish yeah. anymore. She only speaks English. And how mm. she laid down her culture to assimilate, to allow her kids to assimilate more readily. You know, my mom, my aunt, and my uncle. And I just, I was like, man, that is, that's mm. terrible. That's terrible that people have had to follow millions and millions of people throughout all of America's history history have had to lay down their cultural identity, linguistic cultural identity, what they speak and and fit into a mold, 
so that they don't face racism or don't encounter mm. you know, uh, inequitable situations. You know what I mean? And so anyways, I'm working on all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. Just a light went off and I stayed up, uh, I'm telling you, three days in a row. I was just journaling and writing stuff down. I was making logos for the company and it's just it all came clear. I started racing towards it. Uh, got a little bit of funding from my opa on my dad's side. He's an engineer or was an engineer. And, this is, uh, this turned into this, this turned into right. Yeah, that moment that that where I was yeah, like okay. that poem, yeah. the face tracking, and I was like, if we could just change people's mouths to match the audible speech to speech interpretation in a setting like this in a video conferencing setting that would be transformative and the more i researched it all the solutions are what's called post-rendered solutions so you have to wait for a minute or two for your mouth to change to the translation or the audible interpretation to sync up with audible interpretation and so what we're working on is real time um uh real time uh translation dubbing or um translation real real time speech translation dubbing and uh but it's like it's through your face it's um and we're starting in telemedicine so i don't know maybe uh, maybe our um uh our work briefly on uh on i love the way you lime definitely got me thinking about and my family you know going in and out of the hospital most of our lives like uh, and just being with Brooke yeah. too and seeing her have to go in and get these treatments. I was just like, nothing is working at these hospitals. <laughs> no, like, and whether it's, mm. you know, machinery or someone, you know, or, or, um, or an individual, like things aren't working frictionlessly. And the whole thing in telemedicine and even yeah. hospitals, everything's, you know, we're working towards frictionless uh, healthcare, and I was like, man, I don't know. Everything seems pretty broken from the top down, bottom up. Like, there's got to be, there's got to be wow. a way of, uh, of making communication more clear. And you know, I'm not fixing infrastructure of of healthcare or digital healthcare. I'm just focusing on one little part. <laughs> I think will help different, you know, um, mm-hmm. different cultures be reached by telemedicine without borders initiatives, doctors without borders initiatives, um, and just take care of making wow. that side of things frictionless. And, um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. That's where, you know, spoke tech is incorporated. We're, we're, uh, building and, um, Music has been on hiatus for almost two and a half years, but I work on this weird wow. thing called KZR all the time. It's like weird electronica beats and like uh, electronica production. I'm just trying to keep the music going by doing that. I've not, I've only released one weird song on Bandcamp with it, but uh, there's like three mixtapes that are like 20 minutes long each. I don't know. I'm not really hyped to share it because whoa, sounds, that's cool. It sounds weird, but it's it's been fun. You know, it's been cool to break out of my usual singer songwriter box. Um, I've got three singles. Yeah, 
the four singles on the back burner fully produced in my like Joel Robert Kaiser. I go by Joel Robert Kaiser as an artist. But Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't I don't yeah. like. I also okay. don't, you know, if I if I play shows again, um I wouldn't I would never like have the people, you know, introduce me or introduce myself as I'm Joel Robert Kaiser. But uh it's just good. It's good for the <laughs> title. It works. Um and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still do the music for the little like uh promo pitch videos for the spoke tech stuff and music's at the heart of it. Okay. That's um, cool. Because like uh I'm trying to think of his name. CEO of Slack has a studio beside his office. He's a musician, songwriter. And, no way. Yeah, and so when I heard about that, really, like, yeah, absolutely, and I was like, uh, man, that's inspirational. I really want to be able to do that. I want to be able to, that's you know, cool. Um, express while also uh, working on the company. Like, you know, if you're if you're nonstop yeah. on something and don't have creative outlet as a creative things get stale especially in a business like in a corporate setting yeah you gotta really come with creative solutions and for me music helps with that i don't know if people resonate with that who are in business and we're musicians mm -hmm. more than ever getting into the tech scene here in nashville yeah. so many people who are musicians are like trying out tech um songwriters especially because wow. Building a business, you have to have everything harmonized. You have to have different things working together. There's different, you know, a song is like, I don't, I'm, you know, it sounds corny, but a song is like a business. Like you have to ideate it, you have to execute it, you have to have different things harmonized and have different segments of it that yeah. all work together for a, to have a bigger picture and, and, um, and have your, listener or adopter like resonate with what your what your story is what your mission is a hundred percent okay it's a couple of things i want to go back real quick um the music video that essentially helped like bring its way over to spoke tech just so people can look it up and i'll i can link it into the like um description to of this podcast but yeah. it's plsr and the song was i what was the song title hand uh, pete Heat, H-E-A-T. Heat. Yep. Okay, heat. Okay, so we'll put that just so people can go check it out. And then we'll obviously on your page, we'll link, um, I, I want to link PLSR. I really want to link your Joel Rob Robert Kaiser stuff because is that the is that where Pity's under or no? Yeah, Call It Pity is under Joel your Robert Kaiser. I've got a whole playlist I'll send you that has, you know, the stuff I wrote for yeah. Bucks Oaks. Sweet. And Glass Oaks was, you know, the band that Perfect. started Lynchstock with Johnny Gregoire. And um, rest in peace to our brother. Yeah. You know? uh, I still have his I still yeah, have a picture I out. Nightstand yeah. every night. Got my Elma's picture out now. She passed away. Um, she passed away uh. end of one. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Mm. Lots of lots of good things, lots of good things in the works, but man, it's been as you know firsthand, it's been a it's been a hell of a journey. Yeah. 
No, I, I totally resonate though with like um the like business and music thing. And it actually, for me hearing you say that, it, it, it really resonates, but then also kind of like, I feel like affirms how I've been feeling because um, I, a lot of my friends that are musicians, they're, and maybe I'm saying this and just not thinking clearly, but a lot of them are like doing the music thing and then they have the job that helps support the music thing. But I don't know many that are doing the music thing while also trying to build a business. And for me, I felt at times like almost like this identity crisis because who I am in the core, like I just know there there's no question. Like I just am a songwriter. Like it's just so a part of me. And um, I feel like when I was just doing the music thing, like I – when you're pursuing music full time as an artist, like like you said, like it can get stale, it can get confusing. You don't know where to go. The everything's oversaturated nowadays. You have to also be really good at like marketing and social media to even be a musician, and it's just a lot. But with doing the business side or like nonprofit with I love the way you lime, I'm learning so much about like you said, like building and all it takes to make a business function that. I've been able to like see like, okay, these are the elements I should carry over into doing my music and maybe wanting to make this more a thing. And it's almost, for me, it's almost easier to like pursue the I love the way you lime in the business side because there's more that makes sense the more you learn about it and get into it. And it feels like the music side's more risky, but more recently where I feel like I have finally come to like a piece with this. And this is literally just within like the last month, I would say maybe even less when I went to Nashville uh, earlier, the beginning of this year for a wedding, I was so terrified that I was going to like leave there upset and feeling like, I can't believe I'm not here. Like I'm missing out. And there was elements that like, I totally miss being down there. Like I miss, you know, like writer's rounds and going out and hearing music. And there's a part of me that like, I definitely want to keep coming down and visiting more, but I was worried that I was going to feel like I made a mistake moving back home, even though when I moved back home all those years ago, I had no choice because of like treatment and stuff. But now I came back feeling like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like I'll always have music. I'll always be writing songs. I'll always be pursuing it in some manner. And if it works out, it's because it's supposed to, but there's no way I would ever in a million years give up what I'm doing with I Love the Way You Lime to just do music because I have purposes in each I'm finding. And they kind of have like almost like complimented each other too. Um, It's just so weird because, you know, you never like, like, I don't know if you ever thought one day I'm going to own a tech company or like pursue a tech company. I never literally (laughs) ever would have thought I would start a nonprofit and like even know what I was doing. But it's just like the way life works itself out. It's really cool. It's it's like, so it was encouraging to hear you say that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't don't stop either route because one will help out the other and vice versa. Um, 
And I mean, as you mm-hmm. saw the first event, that's what it was all about. You're hosting, you're playing a song, it's uniting mm-hmm. people over the cause. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You're you're not missing out on anything. Anyone who says you got to be somewhere to make something happen is is totally wrong. Like networking in person is good, mm-hmm. but it hasn't. It's all about what you're delivering, what you're sharing. Community is online now, as like we're doing, and um, it's not totally online. I'm not yeah. saying don't do the in-person events, but uh, yeah, you can make it yeah. all. You're making it happen. It's not just that you can make it happen. You're making it happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it definitely. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's definitely um, intimidating, but stay the course. Mm-hmm. I, I I was just telling my sister yeah. that, like, perseverance. That's the main thing. And I know people will get tired of hearing that, mm-hmm. but when it feels overwhelming, you take a deep breath and get grounded. You do what grounds you. Um, take a moment for yourself. Yeah. Uh, nothing gets built in a day. Just step by step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, actually, so there was times in my life, I'm like, my first tattoo, I like, it's like one of those things where you got it and I'm like, I like it, but don't really love it. Anyways, it was Persevere. Um, I was like one of the risk girl tattoos. And it's so funny. I got it when I was 18. It was when I first started having the body pain and I had no idea like what was ahead for me, but it was just funny. I just thought of that when you said that, but um. So I want to ask um, a couple of things. I was going to ask what helps you kind of like besides working on like the music and the business, like what do you do for grounding? And then the other thought I had in my head was um, uh, congratulations, by the way. I already said that for being engaged. I'm so yeah. excited for you. Um, I'm dying yeah. to meet your fiance. So hopefully next time I'm, I'm hoping to do an I Love Louis Lime event sometime this year in Nashville again since it's been a couple years um so hopefully I'll get to meet her then um but uh I didn't know that she has like um autoimmune so a couple things what do you do to help ground you and then also what's that like um with a partner with like you both having your things because that's something that um, I've talked with a couple other people I was actually Jake Myers he um was two episodes ago and um, he has Lyme. And so we were talking a little bit about how like his wife helps him. Um, and hopefully we'll have like a podcast episode with her, but it's a whole nother thing once you're in a relationship yeah. and then you're going to be married, you know, like helping each other when you both have your thing. So what's that like? Well, for me, I'm more able-bodied and like she is as well. Like she works full time. She's an esthetician. Um, and you know she'll go oh, through awesome. she'll go through flare-ups but brooke is very strong very strong willed talk about persevering um and mm. you know the way i get grounded exercise um yeah you're talking about brooke yeah yeah brooke is mm-hmm. she grounds with meditation um and you know really just having a, an environment that is conducive to healing and we're both finding, you know, like organizing, mm-hmm. keeping things together in our living spaces of utmost importance. 
I can get a little scrambled with so many things going on in ADHD, but, you know, again, discipline towards organization and keeping things in order uh, and just like being frequently keeping things in order is, is really important. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, grounding, for me personally, it's why it's kind of hard being in a city in the uh, is literal grounding, getting my socks and shoes off and getting in the grass. Um, so yeah. doing it as often as possible. And the only grass we have near our place is uh, <laughs> a dog park, so I can't really do that. But uh, but there's places. There's good, <laughs> there's good parks that we go to, Shelby Bottoms Park, or Shelby Park and Shelby Bottoms. It's uh, where mm-hmm. Brooke and I actually got uh, got engaged and um, where we proposed to each other. Oh, nice. Shelby Park or Shelby Bottoms. And um, yeah, going there, getting my feet in the grass. Uh, that and being organized, having a schedule. I, I used to fret having a schedule like it was the end of my life. Like, I wouldn't be free. I'd be trapped. I'd become an automaton. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. And it's the complete opposite. The more things are in order, the more free time you have to relax, to be creative, to, like, open up and be a little more free. Mm. And so, I don't know. Yeah. Anyone who's feeling scrambled or, or overwhelmed, take a moment for yourself. Whatever you're working on. You know, unless you're in college and the assignment's due tomorrow, like, uh, take a deep breath, take a moment for yourself, <laughs> ground, ground literally if you can, and maybe just take a moment to tidy up your environment, your room, your living room, your office. Mm. These all seem like mundane things, but it's all, it all piles up internally, externally, and so you just got to- It does, yeah. Got to keep it managed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's all good stuff. It's like they're good reminders. And I think sometimes the like most simple stuff is the the hardest things to remember. Yeah. And I know for me, like I can get really kind of um yeah, too like disorganized or disheveled or plan too many things. And then I'll like have a moment where I'm like, wait, when was the last time I just like went for a walk Weird. or walk. like sat outside for a little bit? And it's like, it seems like we should be able to remember that because it is such like simple human things, but it yeah. really is like not always easy to it's, um, it's, remember. It's so it's yeah, very no, that's difficult. good. It's very difficult and it's very easy to get wrapped up in the whirlwind of things, but take time for yourself. And like you said, walks. Brooke and I take walks often. I, that's like a really big grounding thing for us. Mm. It's exercise. Mm-hmm. It's time to talk about life. It's time to just be together in silence as we walk, whatever happens, it's, it's really, it is, that's like yeah. one of the biggest things is walking around the town. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's neat that, um, obviously I hate for her that she, um, has to deal with autoimmune issues. Um, yep. but I think that it's really neat that she has you because although you have like different, um, things that you've gone through with Lyme, the fact that you've had like 
um, your sisters and your mom go through things, you are able to like relate in a way or understand and be empathetic. And that is like, that is really huge for someone going through autoimmune or Lyme or whatever their symptoms are. Um, And it seems like everyone would like you kind of like would expect people to just like empathize and get it. But from everything I've noticed, it's just not always normal to have a partner who understands or can at least be empathetic. And like for me, that was something like absolutely huge with Andrew, my husband, Mm -hmm. like he just, I didn't even have to really, he didn't, he didn't know much about Lyme or really anything, but he also like, I didn't have to sit and explain everything. He just like listens and hears and learns and absorbs. And, um, it's just huge to be able to have like a partner who supports you and, and is like that. So I think that's neat that you guys have each other and can relate in different ways like that yeah absolutely and brooke supports me i mean in so many ways like um so it is essential to having a partner that understands and not only you know supports you in in what you're going through uh, in terms of health or mentally but like someone who believes in what you're doing and what you're building and where your passions are someone who Mm. aligns that and even if they if they don't you know Mm -hmm participate in it per se it's the fact that they are supportive of it and believing in you so that's huge shout out to andrew yeah yeah it's that is so huge because you have to like oh my gosh just the amount of times that i'll just like talk about i love the way you lime stuff with andrew and like he's (laughs) so nice about it but building something is a lot for you in general but then yeah your partner has to like put up with <laughs> that and and support you so that's really awesome that she supports you with that andrew does yeah. too and it's yeah not it's only every- with the symptoms and stuff like that but with the business side yeah yeah mm-hmm. it really is yeah that's cool and then um are there any like are there any like podcasts or books or like products or anything that um you found that like help you with whether it's like your symptoms or um, anything like that, that help ground you? Uh, like I said, Atomic Habits, uh, I'm barely into it, and it's already been very helpful. Oh, right, yeah. And um, hmm, podcasts, you know, if you need a good laugh, jump into Smartless. It's a little crass, but if you need a good laugh, jump okay. in there. Um, you know, I think you're taking a huge step in doing I Love the Way You Lime and getting uh, mm. both everyday people's stories, friends' stories, family stories, uh, hopefully celebrity stories soon, I think is going to be uh, mm-hmm. huge and and spreading the message of like what this community needs. And it's uh, more than a community, like we've been saying, yeah. it's an epidemic, it's a millions of people so um uh yeah I'm trying to think of anything else uh, yeah really like, uh, what was um i think small town big arts jeff kirshner from the academy center of the arts in lynchburg um uh, he's got that going on it's all about wait what is this is this the album uh no it's um <clears throat> It's a 
podcast. Uh, oh, okay. Small town, big arts. Yeah, small town, big arts, and um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's uh, he's early, and I think they're like ten episodes in, uh, talking about arts initiatives and in, cool. in small towns like Lynchburg, and I love that stuff. Uh, no, it's a little not really related to what we're yeah. <laughs> doing, but you know, at the same time, it is we're doing music. No, it's so. good. Well, I appreciate you sharing everything. Um, yeah, I know that it's not like always easy or comfortable, but I I think like kind of like you said, sharing people's stories and to like the biggest thing about doing that. I love the way Lime artists is. Um, or creatives, business owners, whatever it is, is showing. Um, my hope is that like people will listen to this and hear, oh, cool. Like, so um, he had Lyme and then maybe still has these like lingering things, has uh-huh. family affected, but like he still does music in an aspect, has done music. And then also you started like this business. To me, I just want people to be inspired to see that no matter what level of like Lyme has affected you or your family, like it's not, it doesn't have to take over your life. It's possible to pursue your dreams or career. And that's not going to look the same for everyone, but you can still at least like chip away and, um, you know, have at it, I think. So yeah, Um, I really appreciate you being on. Um, Is there anything else that you want to add before we go? Um, just be on the lookout for cool, the, yeah. Be on the lookout for the Spoke Tech uh, beta software. Um, we're starting with telemedicine, but we'll be scaling towards a business to customer application where it's like peer to peer, non native monolingual, or single language speaker with other non native monolinguals. And that's called uh, Paralita. And it's, um, it's okay, a word from uh esperanto or esperanto uh, esperanto language is a made-up language in the 70s that was supposed to be like the world language and it means spoken what and that language paralita does so uh yeah i'll I'll share the link to our explainer video for that but that comes later i wanted to start with a social network and that isn't about posting it's just about connecting with other non-native speakers to cut um yeah go uh basically like meet people that you align with so like you meet over interest-based tags and you can like uh, select the location that you're traveling to business travel personal travel and connect with people for business for you know personal and chat in the translated chat room and then enter into a video conference where you interact um, via your digital twin interpreters. So it's your yourself as your own interpreter Whoa. at a fully comprehensive level. It's your face, your mouth movements, all in sync with speech-to-speech interpretations. And I've, I'm hoping that we can scale towards that quickly because that's more fun to me. But... I want to take care of something mm-hmm. that's purposeful and add value in a, in a space that I think needs a lot of help, and that's healthcare. Um, and hopefully, with the connections I'm making in yeah. health, digital health, we can you know get out of the way you line LinkedIn and um, 
make things happen in this avenue. There you go. Is it's 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 necessary, not just like important. It's necessary that people, yeah, find a community and resources to um, start rebuilding their lives, especially people that are getting hit with it later in life, and you know, yeah. late thirties, forties, and just like what the heck? I know all the momentum just taken out from under them. Like yeah, so. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Yeah, of course. And then hopefully, I know you've played, um, I think you played both I Love the Way Lime shows, or you at least played mm-hmm. one. Yeah. But I do not remember correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, next one we'll have, obviously I'll reach out to you, um, but I'd love to have you play. And I know you said, early, well, two, two more things I want to share. One, when you said that Vacation Manor, I completely forgot we were in that garage house thing and yeah. i remember them playing sick and tired and they never i don't even think they heard it i don't even know if they've heard heard the voice memo and us running through it and i just will never forget that feeling of that was the first time i ever played one of my songs with a band yeah. and it was the coolest feeling and it probably for them it was just like another practice another <laughs> like whatever rehearsal or jam or whatever but for me that was like totally a um almost like a mind altering moment because mm. i hadn't heard any of my music in band form before but i could hear it in my head like every time i write a song i are i already hear how it's supposed to sound and how the band's gonna sound but i didn't have oh, any yeah. way of translating that at the time um so that was like such a cool moment that's like nothing to do with the line but i just i love that so much and then the other thing was um you said, oh, in the beginning, like there, that maybe Lyme isn't as prevalent in Nashville, but you know what's so crazy is, cool. and maybe it's just because that's where I started sharing my story. So maybe that's how I've connected with so many people. But when we had um, the I Love the Wee Lyme show there in 2019 in May, we had a meetup. Um, don't think you were there we had it at you went to the show but it was the night before we had a dinner and we had like over 30 women and there was a cup maybe there's only one guy there with lime come and then at that show the next day we had even more people with lime at the show i wish i'd gotten a group photo with everyone because there was so many and so it just goes to show like and not everyone was from Tennessee. Like a lot of people had moved there um, from different cities. Pretty but good. even in Nashville right now, so far, that's like one of the biggest communities. And I love the way Lyme yeah. where people are at. And you would just never think Nashville. Yeah. Well, it's everywhere. So like you Weird, said, right? I'm still getting educated on the yeah. on the far reaches of this terrible disease. But um, yeah, I mean, that's great that Nashville's uh got one of the biggest communities um yeah i mean you got to come back got to do another event we'll make it bigger and uh get even more ahead of it this time and um i mean the turnout was great both years so we'll just keep keep it going gotta keep the Mm -hmm. work keep persevering right yeah definitely yeah i love it i think that's a good note to end on cool very cool. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks again. It's been great. It's been great. Awesome. Catching- All right. Yeah. Thanks for being on. Sweet. All right. Talk soon.